Hello, hello, and welcome, my Yankee Yids. I'm very excited to be back. I'm here with my official co-host, Nick Turns. And hello, hello, hello. Someone who seems like a guest, but I love to see his face. Oh, my gosh, we're so excited. Have our best friend, Matt Stevens, here from Virginia. How you doing? Hello. Damn doing right. Well, how are you? Good. It's been a while since we saw your face and heard your voice. How you been? Good, man. Just working a lot and... uh Busy, yeah, right. busy. Yep. And so it's the, nice to have him back. It's nice to have someone right. besides me at that. <laughs> nah, it's been fun. But so the listeners know, uh, me and Nick were prepared to do this by ourselves, and then Matt buzzed in right before we started. So it's actually there is real excitement here. This was not there planned. It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, nah. It's exciting to have a friend around and uh, to talk to him about shit I haven't heard his opinion on in a while. Um, with that being said, we've been gone for a while. We haven't been here really to since the Arsenal match, and uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about it. I think all of us were still heartbroken, so I don't care to talk about it. I don't know. Do either of you guys have anything to say about Arsenal? Fuck the Gooners. There we yeah. go. All right. We've moved far enough past that match to record again. All right. So now we're back, and uh, we're here to ta- today to talk about the 3-2 victory away at the uh, at the Saudi boys, um, it was a early morning match for for most of us, or for some of us. Not for me. Um, well, okay, for uh, for me, I take that all. Yeah, it was for you, man. <laughs> it was an eleven thirty match for me. Was, yeah, ten yeah, ten thirty. Was... Sorry, I'm I'm not up till noon, anyways. Usually, that's a joke. Hey, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, starting with you guys, Matt. I haven't seen you in a while. I know you were with the Virginia Beach Spurs. How was the showing? How was the match? What was it like, uh, you know, with the group? Uh, you know, had pretty decent showing, uh, battling out with the uh, the NFL people. So we got yes. the uh, the first half with sound, uh, in the, oh. the second half, uh, you know, listening to some some football. So uh, yeah, we we made our own noise, and and I'm sure we ruffled a few of the NFL fans' feathers when, when there was the <laughs> like, what's going on exciting moments. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> But you know we're we're steady in our population now. It feels like so. Damn right. And uh, I know my friend Nikki uh, might have dropped off some presents for you guys. Did you guys get your hands on? Yeah. Them? Sure do. Hold on, it's right here. Nice. The Deli Alley and the uh, Sunny program with all the the matches on it. So Nick, it's not uh, like well you're we'll like that. <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 I don't have one. Yeah, all right, Nick, I have one right here. I am going to get your address, nah, your new address. Um, and to, to a lot of people, there's going to be uh, a lot going out in the mail this week. Uh, we had a few sales. That's the whole goal. We are selling these on our website um, to help fund the show and everything we do. So we appreciate everyone that has them. If you get one, take a picture, tag us, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, so Virginia Beach, you know, holding it down strong. We got a good following there. Um, it's nice. Again, uh, I said it wrong a second ago, but like 11 o'clock matches, that's like the perfect time for soccer. Um, it's too bad. We're like relegated to Sundays at the moment. Um, agreed. Nick, how was your, how was your viewing still in the lonesome of your, of your home or yeah, just in the, the turns basement. There we go. The turns basement turns basement alley, turns lane. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, uh, but it's good. I mean, it's nice to celebrate by myself. No, don't have to worry about other people. You know, beer's well, free. Beer's <laughs> beer is a lot cheaper. That's for sure. Uh, and that's one thing I was saying. You know, with Long Beach Spurs, we're just starting off. We had, we had a few uh, regulars, some return fans come through. Um, so shout outs to them. It was a lot of fun. Um, but you know, after COVID and as things kind of got shut down and opened back up. Um, I remember when I first started going to Spurs matches, you know, with the group and it was still a weird change of pace because I was so used to just being in my house and watching it on my couch, doing, you know, having my, my beer, whatever, you know, very cheap and not have to move, not have to worry about anything, still my boxes, whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so like for us, I know it's, it's hard to get people back into that rhythm of like getting out for Spurs games and not just you know, sleeping in for them. Um, yeah, especially on that West Coast where the games are just a little bit earlier. Yes, uh, it's it's tough. We're going to hopefully get a, a big enough group that our bar will open earlier. That's what they've promised us. Um, or just find a different bar. No threats. We're not throwing threats around, but whatever has to be done. Um, <laughs> Gotta watch some Spurs. Exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, you guys yeah. might even look into house, pa- house partying. That is a brilliant idea. Uh, yeah, just rent an Airbnb, or just yeah, basement bar or, or something. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, most Whatever you can call, do to set it up. In LA, it's just called the after after party. So we'll just call it that. That's perfect. Yeah, sounds good. Great yeah. idea, Matt. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, no, perfect, perfect start. Um, so That's why this, you need to be here more. Exactly, exactly. The flow. We need you, Matt. Yeah, he is guy. <laughs> uh, one thing before we get before we jump straight into it, I realized when you were grabbing that program that you have a skip jersey on. I think we talked about this mm-hmm. before. That is so fly. Just props yeah. to you before we start. Sure, sure <laughs> it was yeah. Nah, my last uh, young and upcoming kit that I bought was was my Kane kit when he was uh, not even number ten yet. So we see how so every- how well he turned out. So so everyone knows he still wears that Kane kit. you have to um yes all right so jump into this match um we haven't been playing too great as of late we we had a international break we had the win before that but we have the international break um we come back we got a scare of covid which was really kind of weird i'm gonna talk a little bit about that um later just my thoughts on that but we thought we had two players with COVID. There were names flying around, Son and Gill. Um, the, the, the team wasn't saying anything. But then day of, it comes out that they're test negative and able to play. Um, starting with you, Nick, what were your thoughts like waking up that morning and being like, Son is on the, the starting lineup or Son is available? Like the change of emotion. <laughs> uh, thrilled. I think uh, this year he's been our main guy. So not mm-hmm. having him, I thought we really, really killed us. I yeah. don't know how the game would have went without him. Not, I mean, looking back, he had a good game, not great. But, uh, I mean, so maybe wouldn't have been as big. But I think just having him, he's the heartbeat of the club, I think, at the moment, to be honest. Yeah. I think he brings the energy the, and the enthusiasm out there. So as as he goes, I think we go. Uh, isn't That's how I feel. So to see him... With a false positive, hopefully, if it was him, whoever it was. But to see him in the starting lineup, whatever, it was huge, I think, for for the boys. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Matt, throwing the same question to you. What are your thoughts on just that 
kind of like early morning shakeup, last day before, you know, change of everything that happened. Very Spursy in my opinion, but uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, 100%. It's, uh, it's always a shame to see players not available and then to get news that they are, especially, you know, like Nick was saying, the heartbeat of the club. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think he is everything Tottenham this year, not just on the pitch, but personality-wise, you know, he is, it exemplifies the, the Spurs spirit. So having him there, even if he doesn't have all the best touches in the game, I mean, he had mm-hmm. the goal, but it, yeah, it was still monumental to have him available yeah for sure um and then before we jump into it we're gonna jump around a little bit but one person that didn't touch the field we don't usually start here but someone who's usually seen as kind of an icon at spurs and you know he's on the program that we created um delhi not getting any minutes we're just gonna you know i know that's kind of jumping around a lot but um nick what are your thoughts on delhi not being seen and kind of his lack of play the last two games. It's kind of like a trend, I guess, we're going to see, I think. Uh, he yeah. just hasn't really taken – he hasn't looked terrible this year like he has the last couple, but he just really hasn't really taken on that next step yet. I don't know if it's where he's playing or what, but hopefully he can figure it out because he's an immense talent and he's really young, I think only 25 still, so hopefully he can get back on that upward trend and – because he could be huge for us. He could be a huge part in pushing for that top four this year. And I think he would be integral for that. Uh, I think we got a lot of talent still without him. But, yeah, I wasn't too surprised not to see him on the starting lineup, to be honest. I was surprised to see no subs used, Correct. let alone at for, at for sure, though. That surprised the heck out of me. But I don't know, yeah. I, I don't know how Matt felt about it. But Yeah, man, what are you, jumping around because, like, you know, we're not going to stay in one place <laughs> What are your thoughts on just no subs? And then again, we'll get back to Delhi, but yeah, no subs. Nuno's kind of was it? I mean, obviously um, it was Nuno's decision, but what are your thoughts? The, the only reason that I can think to not use any subs is uh, saving players for Thursday, um, right? Like not seeing Hill get any minutes, not seeing Delhi, not seeing Lacelso. Mm-hmm. You know, saving that midfield to try to prop up Scarlet on Thursday. To, to bring out a win is the only reason I can see to not use any subs. I completely disagree with it. Yeah. Um, and I, I've had problems with every manager we've had from, you know, Poch on, on yeah. their either lack of subs or very late subs. So yeah. uh, I hate to see the trend continue. <laughs> yeah, I, I fully agree. I'm actually pretty confused on that too. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts? You seem like yeah. I was, I was just gonna say, like, yeah. I mean, your point to not having or resting guys for Thursday makes sense, but at the same point, like, but I mean, we're only they're only getting a cameo for like twenty minutes. It's not. It shouldn't kill them, right? Like, yeah. And then also we have all these other guys who are gonna be important for us. We're still gonna have European play and weekends. So giving <laughs> guys who were on international play a little bit extra break, I think, would have been really nice because who knows. We'll probably see some of them on Thursday still, too. Yeah. So, I mean, well, West Ham's this weekend, that's not going to be an easy match by any means. Yeah. I, I fully agree with you, Matt. I think uh, – I think, and I didn't really think about it before. It seems a little weird. I mean, maybe resting them. I think with, with your statement, I think Delhi and some of those players will be starting and playing yeah. most of the game on Thursday. You know, um, the other guys will probably travel, but, like, I think you're right. Players like Lo Celso, players like Delhi. 
Um, and especially to like keep Kane off the field and like really let Scarlett hopefully score and not need to bring on like we did in our last year Europa match and we had to bring on the forces, you know. Right. Um, so that's that's a good shout out. Um, it was I do think when I was watching it, not really thinking of Thursday, it was hard to find a good reason why Nuno would do that. And it was like, yeah. it made me think, like, just judge him a little bit, question him a little bit um, of what his what his mindset is really at. Um, my only positive that I could, like, really take from it was um, giving Ndombele 90 minutes and just, like, putting confidence and just showing him, like, look, bro, this is what 90 minutes feels like. But um, I know we haven't even talked about one minute of the match yet, but to continue this topic just for a second, I mean, at about the 70th minute, after every single run, Lucas was bent over with his hands on his knees. And and that's and that's not even Indel Bailey. Like both of them could have came off, in my opinion. Um, but yeah. Uh do you guys yeah, have thoughts I on I think, you know? I, say, I don't think Tange looked too tired. I think yeah. he not gassed like I think everyone thinks Tange is at yeah. this point. Uh, I think he looked okay. Mora looked tired, but he was running around a lot a lot. I, although yeah. to be fair, I thought Tange played a, a really good game. I thought both sides of the ball, getting back. I saw a lot of effort in tr- back to our tackling by him. So I was thrilled by his performance, not just the goal, obviously. Yeah. Um, we'll get into the goal, but like, yeah, Matt, what are your thoughts on, on how Tenge performed? Uh, no, I commented the entire match long about how excited I was to see him running on to the second ball or pressing yeah. in the, the 80th plus minute. Yes. You know, it, it was, if we see that Tenge, Every single match, you know, he's a no yeah. question starter. Um, yeah. it, it was it was easily his best performance of the season, for sure. And I yeah. think I, I think one thing that everyone gets confused with with him, which I get confused with, because I'm the type of player that goes head first 100 miles an hour, but he's not. You know, he goes 20 miles an hour, but then when he touches the ball, the whole field turns to 20 miles an hour. You know, and and that's what he's good at. Um, and, and the thing is, is like, again, so for me, I get upset when, when the referee is running faster than him. Um, <laughs> but like, if he's able to do that, and then he, as you're saying, gets that second ball and really slows everything down, is able to take three touches, create space, all these things that we saw him do. If he's able to do that, then yeah, play at whatever speed you want, you know, be Pirlo, be, you know, walk the whole time, it doesn't <laughs> matter, you know, um, but yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Tenge played; he played great. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it was kind of nice to see someone remind me of uh, Musa Dembele back there again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With his with his ball control and yes. you know great passing, like it yes. was just it was yeah. it was refreshing. His strength on the ball also is just impresses yeah. me. Especially because yeah, I was just saying that like, he does everything twenty miles per hour or whatever, but he just does everything, and everything he does looks so effortless like he just looks everything's no so nonchalant with him it's crazy well and he had that like dribble through the the three three defenders and then you know had the off the outside of the foot pass you're just like what how like how is this in your skill set yeah i mean you saw how you saw him get to john joe shelby there with that first yellow card yeah which i just great Um, no, Tangi played amazing, and, and I think you're right about like the the Dumbele call out um, because you know I think in just jumping into the game, uh, fucking we didn't play that great, 
And there was a lot of times where like, it really seemed like most of the team, not even just like going at Tenge speed or anything, but was just slow or not really there. And so when he got his touch and then was able to take two touches, it, it like kind of sparked things and gave things like time to, to warm up a little bit. And then he'd play a ball and it's like, okay, like, thank you. And so I do think you're right. Like, like Musa Dembele used to do that very well. Cause he would just, the ball would be strapped to his foot for as long as he needs. And, uh, I think players like Sun and fast players, they need someone like that to really help create space in between them and the defender. Because now the defender's taking an extra second looking, what's this guy going to do? Things like that. It really creates space. Um, but yeah, so jumping straight into the match, we, we're, we're all over the place, but let's start from the yeah. beginning because, um, because it uh, starts off pretty quick. So my analysis yeah. right from the beginning, because <laughs> mine's a little bit funny, so I'll start this one off. But um, so I was going to the bar, Long Beach Spurs, walking distance from my house at our bar. Appreciate you guys. Um, but I was there like right at kickoff. So I had the thing on this uh, radio app. That's, I'm, so I'm just listening to the game. And the commentator says one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. He's like, all right, 40 seconds in. Spurs are really looking good. They're doing great. They're getting great time on the ball, great passes, and it's it's literally 40 seconds in. It's like nothing has happened. What are you talking about? I even said it. I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then by the time I get there and my homie Casey, like, gets all the TVs on, it's like 1-0. And, um, <laughs> so that's my start of the I mean, match. We, we, we built up the start of the match really slow and we had really sloppy possession and the goal was inevitable. Like Royal gave away the ball twice in the first minute on the right hand side. And then it led, led to the the inevitable goal. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So I agree with you, Matt. Uh, yeah, yeah. You started out crazy slow, crazy bad. I mean, it was yeah. shit for the first 10, 15 minutes, I thought, on our part. Uh, Royal Emerson looked really shaky, like just dead legs, like heavy legs, was really slow to things. And then backline, Dyer and Romero also looked a little bit out of sorts. Ball wasn't too much on Reggie's, Reggie's side, so it's kind of really hard to say much about him. I know, like, the cross I mean, came in, but... Yeah, on the first goal, there was the overlap, and, you know, you, he can't get the sprinting speed yeah. to catch the overlap. Like, yeah, unfortunate, but... Yeah, I thought uh, I thought the goal, I thought... I, um, I give a lot of props to Calum Wilson, actually, though. I, I thought the, that run he made come in was really good. Yeah, I mean, Romero acts a little late. I'd like to see him react quicker, but, yeah. I mean, that's that's getting real nitpicky, I think, actually. I think it was a good can, striker's goal. Yeah, I thought it was a really good job by by Cal Wilson more so than anything. So no, when I when I uh, watched it back, because a lot of people like all the Spurs fans were saying, you know, Romero is out of position for that, things like that, which it makes sense. But when you watch it back, I fully agree, Wilson. I mean, it was top class goal. He went into the blind spot and then came out of nowhere. Um, the only thing I would say against Romero is you just can't lose your player like that. You can't let him slip away into a blind spot. That's when you're ball watching. That's when you're just like kind of standing. It all happens in one second. And that's why Wilson gets more credit than I would say Romero at fault. But, um, you know, in that, in, in big games, you know, not against the almost last place team, you really got to be able to be on your man. You know, you can't let anyone sliding around in the box just without 
two eyes on him. I mean, yeah, Romero did take it and look to check the position of Wilson as the cross is coming in. I was about to say, and then the ball's going to go. That's exactly right. He was, like, Wilson was not even at Romero at that point. He was back on Royal, and then he darts in for the head. Yeah. It was, I, I don't blame Romero for that goal. Yeah, he's a. I think Wilson starts offside on that, loops back in, gets onside, <laughs> yeah. and then comes back around and just gets yeah, in front. I mean, yeah. yeah, no, that's exactly. He he did start out of position. I mean, it was a great goal. Um, can't really fault him for that. But then I will agree with you completely. Um, we were just talking about Tenge in in such positive light. But the first fifteen minutes, I mean, even after that, I mean, that place was rocking. Obviously, they're like, oh, my God, it's a new new age. It's magic. Um, very Spursy of us to get a club the day after they announced all this great news. Um, but really, we looked bad. We looked so slow. Um, and I was, until the 22nd minute or whenever that first goal went in, I was really dogging on Tange. Um, yeah, I know you were. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, – so, This so guy – Nick, you tell him. You tell him what happened. <laughs> so, we're, Noah and I are texting during the game, and he goes, and then ball, and then barely do nothing. And I was like, and I don't think he looks bad. Yeah, and I was like, I don't think he looks bad. Like, I think he's one of the few people going forward trying to, like, make some passes. And, yeah, you were saying they were off a bit with pace and, and accuracy, but I'm like, he's the only one really trying to make anything happen. And then literally two minutes later, <laughs> if that, if that, he scores the goal. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly right. And um, then, just yeah, to skip ahead a little bit real quick, but then again, he starts calling out Harry Kane, and then literally a minute later, Harry Kane scores a goal. You're welcome, everyone. You're welcome. <laughs> just like, literally, I'm not even joking. Like, there's no exaggeration. It was literally like a minute after each time he called out these, these two players out. These guys just turn around and say, fuck you, goal. <laughs> Now, um, it's funny. I was talking to my friend who was at also at the Long Beach Spurs, and uh, they were saying, I was like, yeah, after that first goal, they're like, yep, Dave went out and smoked a cigarette, and then we started scoring again. <laughs> so no. Dave quiet, quietly got up and goes to smoke a cigarette, doesn't say anything <laughs> to anyone, and we score yeah. the goal. And I and I was just like, hey, guys, Dave, is, Dave left. He's outside. Like, you're welcome. Like, it's known, you know? <laughs> Hey, that's how we beat Man City in the Champions League. That's how we beat uh, Ajax in the final and the get to get to the finals. You know, so. So what I'm hearing is you guys won't ever let him kick his smoking habit. Never, no. Oh, there's we'll, no we'll chance of that. One, <clears throat> yeah. It won't but be no. a ha- it won't be a smoking habit. It'll be a Tottenham habit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> so yeah, what, do you, what did you guys think of the first goal though for us? Ooh, um, uh, man, it, it came out of nowhere. Like, yeah. Dyer plays in the long ball to Reggie. Reggie, great touch on the ball. Really Picks good. Picks out Ndombele. Uh, I think Ndombele, even though he scored the goal, I think he had a, a better clear open pass to Kane for a tap-in <laughs> on the far side of the post. But he's, he laid out and curled it right around the defender. Beautiful goal. Like, can't, yeah. can't fault him. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I want to make. Sure, I hundred percent agree with that. I'm glad you brought up the touch by Reggie because <clears throat> that ball, that ball. First of all, the ball by Dyer was actually really good, mm-hmm. and that that first touch though was insane. Just simple, nice trap sets him up perfectly. Oh. I, I thought Reggie. I thought Reggie had a good a good game. Yeah, I thought he was one of our best players. I thought 
most of our defense, including Dyer, you know, except for obviously that last little bit, um, played really well. Yeah. Um, but to to stick on the, to stay with the goal, um, well, Matt, Matt disagrees with you. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that. We'll I, get to I don't. That. I don't think Dyer played well. Okay. Well, he had a he had a, a half assist with that one. Um. But no, I, I think Tungay on that goal, um, it was really great. And I was just, I'm excited as a Spurs fan. You know, I, I rag on him a lot, but it's because we give him so much hype. I was wearing the Indum Baller jersey, which has been like bad luck every time I wear it. But uh, recently it's been working out and he's been, he's been scoring. So I don't know. It, it's not getting washed. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> uh, still has the stains on it. But no. So he he gets it, and what I was excited about is that we have a Spurs player now, or just in general, that is looking up and looking to strike. A lot of times, especially when you think about a Delhi, even a Sunny, sometimes they'll get into the box. You see that in previous seasons with Mourinho, we would get into the final third and just like fizzle out. You know, before you fizzle out in soccer, just shoot. The second you have a shot, just shoot. So yeah, you can pass it. And then that might get stopped, but at least get a shot on goal. You know, at least work the keeper. And he realized that, like, I have a shot, and he took it. So, like, even we talk about Musa a second ago, Musa wasn't much of a shooter. So it's really nice to see that. Uh, so I was, I was excited. It was an aggressive shot. It was a, it was a beautiful goal. Yeah, that was a, it was a great, it was a great finish. Yeah. But yeah, I think I, I agree with you though. I think especially you called out Sun. Like, that's my one thing with Sun. I think is his knock for me is he, sometimes once he gets that, that final, that 18 area, he just sometimes looks confused and just yeah. like dances over the ball and then like everything's gone. But uh, yeah. I like to see him be a little bit more decisive, but uh, yeah. yeah. And especially with us, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but the goal difference for us for the season <laughs> um, with that, that, you know, it's, it's great seeing someone shoot on goal and, you know, we can call out maybe Bergwijn with this, but someone actually hit the back of the net. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, he alone. Sorry, yeah. sorry. I know he's your boy. And he's, and he's just, he's resting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hopefully he plays Thursday or this weekend, but. Yes, yeah. Hopefully, I guess he, he is healthy now. Yep. Um, but yes, yeah, so basically, and then right after that, I'm like, well, that's good, but Harry Kane needs to get his shit together. And he scores. Um, <clears throat> what was a beautiful goal. Um, I'm going to start with you, Matt. When you mm-hmm. first saw it, what, what were your thoughts? You know, were you like, uh, I mean, obviously we, didn't, we couldn't see that player. He was kind of off camera. Um, what are your thoughts on just the fact that, like, all right, we, the ball went in, the whistle didn't go. Even, I think Harry Kane even thought he was offside. Um, I, I, I thought it was onside um, initially just because mm-hmm. uh, I, I wanted it to be not from any, <laughs> right. any amount of like scientific proof. Love it. Um, I even turned to Dave and I was like, look, you know, like at least um, he finished it. You know, yeah. like it's a hard goal to finish, like a weird looping tap like that. Yeah, um, beautiful. And then watching watching the replay back, I immediately reversed my decision and yep. was like, oh, no, like. Kane was lazily walking back to the play, um, yes. which fills right into your, your comments that you were <laughs> making about his play. <laughs> but I'll say this. As soon as he saw the opportunity for a ball to come in, he sprints back and makes the angled run to get back onside. 
just yeah. barely, and then he's just free at that point. Yeah. I mean, very similar in the the vein of what we were talking about with Kellen Wilson. It was a much smaller distance, but that's I mean, that's mm-hmm. a very like old school Ibrahimovic or like you know these old school strikers, uh, Van Persie. Like they would do that stuff regularly, and I was going on Harry Kane. And even that play, because I remember before it happened, I was just like screaming, like, Harry, get back. Like, you know, like, I don't mind you you playing the, the shoulder and really like making it questionable, which worked in our favor. But I really just thought he was like walking and not trying. And then that time it was just flawless. Like, OK, this is why he's England ca- captain. <laughs> and like, Yeah, I will say the minute that they put up the expanded view. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, he's on side by yep. you know a few feet." Like it was yeah. not as close as it initially looked. Oh, really? I thought he was offside instantly right away. I was like, "Yeah, he's offside." Mm. And then I saw the replay. I saw I got up top. I'm like, "Ooh, that's gonna be really close." Like that looks really close. So I think, I, I'm wondering if you guys. I, I think Kane's hand makes it look less close than it was because yeah, you, know, you got to count it from the shoulder, and that's he was true. leaning in, and his hand was far out. But it's true. Well, well yeah. Because I know everyone's been dogging though on refs this year, right? For not putting that flag up right away. Well, they're and not supposed to anymore, right? So yeah, but everyone's like, "Well, injuries are going to happen," and like this is kind of part of that reason why you don't do that. <clears throat> yeah, right? I think in this case, this would be where you want the flag to go up after the shot is made, right? Because it's a clear, clear moment where an injury can occur. Yeah, whereas like some of the plays develop way too much. And then the flag goes up and you're like, okay. But Mm -hmm. like in this, like one shot, like we've got burned on it last year with a whistle getting blown too early and a shot that would have been on side can't count anymore because the ref was a little bit dead. So I'm glad it didn't run into that scenario this time. Yes, I agree. I agree. This is like the perfect like case scenario of it all. Like Mm -hmm. there's no, and it was, it was tight, right? I mean, it wasn't obviously offside. So, I mean, it was like, I thought it was well done. But I know a lot of people were hoping things like this wouldn't even happen if they put the flag up. They still want the flag up right away. But. Yeah, I think the, the flag up right away would have definitely, like, stopped the defenders, made the goalie maybe think twice. Um, but also, what do you guys think? Because I thought when I saw it, because Kane, he, afterwards, he kind of is like, oh, I was off. He kind of, like, shrugs off the goal. <laughs> but it really almost seemed like the defenders and even the goalie, he still kind of went for it. But it seemed like everyone stopped. Now that's just their fault. I mean, that's yeah. just you know their fallacy in professional soccer. But um, but it, it did kind of seem like everyone was just a, a flag didn't go up or anything. But yeah, I don't know. It seemed like the whole play and stuff. I'm just so thankful Harry Kane did what he did. But yep, uh, did you guys I, I'm with you like though. Stops? Yeah, Kane's reaction know, even I, when they called it a goal, he looked surprised to me though. Like he was yeah. like, it was, it was, <laughs> I yeah, I thought he would have known better, but yeah. That was big, though. I, I was coming up. I was always taught, you know, play to the whistle. If you don't hear a whistle, keep playing. So, Kane yeah. had that mentality. And, yep. you know, if the keeper didn't, you know, that's on him. But I, I, he, I think he tried to reach it. It's just the ball was so high and looping in that, like, he didn't have a shot. Yeah. He got really, really hard. Yeah. Really good shooting. <laughs> yeah. Very, very great. First. So, wait, was that his first goal? The season, oh, the season yeah. for us. There we yeah. go. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah. an almost all goal. I mean, it was beautiful, but hey, <laughs> hey, it was that's nice cool. to see one of those go our way finally. And that's awesome. yeah. that too. The whole yeah, the whole VAR yeah. debacle, everything. Let's Benefit go. of the doubt. 
Yes, very Spursy of them. You're right. But um, yes, yeah, so so now we have to discuss it, even just for a moment. Um, our true men of the match, Eric Dyer and uh, yeah. Reggie. Reggie. Oh, um, I thought you were just. I thought you were going at Matt with that little <laughs> dig there. No, we're not digging. We're actually giving them a huge congratulations for everything that happened in the stands, and obviously our deepest sympathies go. And condolences. No, no one passed away. Hopefully, everything is positive. Um, but for the the Newcastle fan, I mean, this is a sport. It's it's nothing more. Um, and it's amazing that the the players on the field even could recognize, like, hey, if we keep playing, like that thing might not get the assistance that it really needs. But if we stop, it's gonna it's gonna take precedent. And because it was almost weird when it happened, like, well. Something's happening in the fans. That doesn't usually – why would the game stop for that? Um, yeah. but I, think, I think it was a really just mature idea, especially from Reggie, to, to just go over to the ref and be like, hey, man, like we can't keep playing like this. Um, Nick, what were your thoughts when that happened? I was confused. I mean, because I could hear the, the crowd just get really loud and I'm like, what's going on here? Then, yeah, I thought – yeah. There was a corner, right? There was a, it was a corner for us, right? It's on a corner, yeah. And it was in that corner, so I was like, ah, well, you know, it's just maybe yeah. just because, you know, sun's over there, whatever. Yeah. But then, yeah, when you see Reg- Reggie right there, like, pointing and everything, I'm like, what is going on over there? But, yeah, yeah, the whole situation, I mean, it's nice to see that these are, especially our guys, take the, the onus yeah. and made things happen, right? I mean, stop the game, make sure that this person, uh, man or female, whatever, got got the attention that they needed and yeah it looks like the person's in stable condition and is healthy so i think i don't who knows if that isn't i mean probably not the case if these actions weren't taken by dyer and by Reggie. to be honest i mean no they they got the medics to him very quick and not like tabbing our backs or like you know giving us one-ups and newcastle down but it was it was not odd, but it was good of our our players to do something. It didn't seem like anyone else was really stopping too quickly. And then the one thing that kind of confused me was the medic when he was like on the sidelines and they're like, "All right, go." And he was just like, "Do I go?" And he was like, "Yes, go!" Like, yeah. go. I was surprised by how lazy he looked to be running. Yeah, like, I was sprinting so there, man. Uh, like he was like a jog, like a quick jog. I'm like, you're not sprinting, man. Like, yeah. give a simulator. That's that means. Seconds matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree. Uh, Matt, yeah. what's my initial with everyone around you guys? So my initial reaction with like Reggie going over to the or, like pointing into the stands is like normally when you see something like that with the ref, it's some sort of like racial abuse or something. And I was like, correct. I really hope that's not the case. Yeah. Um, well, so. it is, and it wasn't. Apparently, there was racial abuse potentially. Oh. But yeah, not then. Okay, I didn't but, yeah. hear about that necessarily but that's just my thought when i see the ref get involved with the player and the fans it's yeah something like that um mm-hmm. but you know as it started to discuss like what had happened you know our uh reaction was uh just talking about how positively the the camera crew handled this situation compared to erickson great call um, yeah you know like that's that's what our focus on we're like man we're i think that it was a really a much better handling of the situation. You know, we didn't ever see the fan or the situation. They never even panned to it. You know, they talked about what had happened, which is good to let, you know, everyone watching understand, understand. the situation. But,
person in a spot where, you know, like, they're getting their personal information, you know, seen Correct. by everybody. Like, that. it was, it was really handled well. Um, yep. And then, you know, when we heard, you know, that he was in stable condition after, like, the, or at, like, the restart, and had, you know, been yeah. to the hospital and everything, you know, we were yeah. all happy. And I think one of the announcers, like, mentioned something like, like how would a Tottenham player feel if like one of the, the Newcastle fans died? We're like, that's kind of trashy, like to ask that question. Like no, what? You know, like you said, it's a sport. Like, you know, if a fan dies, like the the player's gonna take it horribly, you know, like yeah. it doesn't matter if they're a Newcastle fan or a Tottenham <laughs> fan, like yeah, you, yeah. you don't want to ever see that. It's a human it's, being in the sands at the end of the day. Traumatic like, experience. Like, yeah. Come on, yeah. man. That was a terrible was... question by the, the announcer. Yeah, to that point though, and I, I was kind of like, first of all, I was like, well, this always seems to happen to Spurs, right? Or Spurs players, I feel like, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, and then my, because I go Spurs players, because I mean, obviously, what Hoiberg went through this summer, and I was like, man, I wonder, hopefully, like, this doesn't mess with him, like, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this brings up probably pretty terrible memories for him, yeah, flashback yeah. and everything. So, like, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, and again, I was glad to see him just put the the whole game on pause and let the situation resolve, and then come back. It was the right yeah. right play. Yep, and they didn't yeah, rush it back. Minutes, I don't think was enough, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think so either. But but yeah, it's nice to see they didn't the rush it. It was it was a beautiful first half in seven minutes of time. Yeah, it was a it was a beautiful sign of humanity from from everyone. Um, and again, as I was saying, like. We have this show because we love Tottenham, but we know it's a game and it brings us joy. Um, and there's so many bigger things, and we're all in this, you know, this fun spectacle together. And so, like, we're not we're not against anyone really at, at that level. Um, so no, it was it, it was very good to see that he was able that everything turned out positively, um, and that the fans and the coaches and the players all reacted, you know, well. Um, I mean, health is a big concern, obviously, and things like this happen. So if you're able to handle it, you know, with, with your head on your shoulders, kind of like saying about the, the Hoiberg thing, um, you know, seeing that things, things work out well, but that you, when you treat them well, hopefully it just shows players more like humbleness, more understanding that, again, this is a game, even though them, it's their lifestyle too. It's how they make their money, but, um, just like us. Exactly. Exactly. So. But yeah, and shows. I mean, to me, it's like shows you a reason to to play harder, um, not just for someone, but just for the the gratitude that you have the ability to do that. Um, <clears throat> all right, so we we took a break from our, our from game talk to discuss that, um, just like they did, and and but but we'll get back to the game, just like our players tried to. Um, I also think one part about that is it's always difficult to go back into a match right after something like that's happened. It was kind of confusing like yeah like how do you go on um they i I don't i didn't i think the commentators even mentioned them calling the match um did you guys think that that was even possible or like no not no not for a a, somebody in like a a fan in the stands i don't think they would call the match for that um i think they'd handle the situation and come back to it which is what happened but Mm -hmm. uh they call the match is a bit extreme there yeah, I yeah. think the only way that would have maybe made sense if like the fan passed away at 
like right there in the stands. In the, yeah. yeah, in the stands. Then I could have seen something like that, right? But uh, yeah, calling it would have been interesting. But yeah. I, as you were saying, though, like get, like getting back to the game, not to like get yeah. away from this yeah. big thing. But I thought they came back well, and I think that kind of like just they came back and looked just like they did after like the 15, 15 through forty five or to half. I thought we looked really good, good pressing, yeah. moving the ball well. And uh, doing yeah, good talking things. About, talking about the match and the play, that was one of my big concerns. You know, to put light on the situation, but we were playing really well, and we had been playing really bad for maybe the first or the fifteenth minute, and so we had just started to start our engines, um, <laughs> and then we got this. You know, this thing happened. So when they came back and they continued to play, because I was worried, maybe, but then they continued to press on, and I mean that second goal. Let's, let's jump right into it, Matt. I'm going to get you first. But the second goal was such a team play. Uh, excuse me, the third goal. Third goal. So the second goal, Terry Kane, yeah. um, which was also beautiful. But uh, this, the third goal, uh, all team play. What, what were your thoughts on, on that, that third one? That whole goal was set up by Lucas Mora. Right. There we like, go. Tell me more. Had a had a perfect touch on the ball, and uh, you know made a beautiful pass into Kane. I thought Kane was going to shoot it, even though Sun was wide open. I'm yeah. glad that he hasn't let the you know lack of goals this season get to his head, and he played the perfect you know square ball across the the face of goal, and Sun just tapped it in. It all started yeah. from that Luke Smora play. Yeah, it was a pass. There was a pass from Tange. Lucas takes a nice little touch around that guy, right? Just mm-hmm. a little ole. Well, funny, yeah. like, you started at the Lucas, but I actually started with the Tange, uh, bringing yeah. the ball down and kind of like settling everything around him and finding that difficult ball into Lucas. Um, and then, yeah, Lucas plays a beautiful Lucas ball. Does, yeah, does he does really well like, to make a little little run there, bring it in, and then yeah, to find the cane. Great, great. That was the, the ball that came was great. Like good perfect pace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great way to pass everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I then, think- as, as you said though, that, that cross by Kane was was class. I mean yeah. it was I didn't think about it, but you're right. Like he could have easily taken that shot on to try to like again silence the the haters and all that and yeah. get some more put another goal in the stats, but no, and and that's actually I mean, I started the the question or the statement with it being a team goal. Um, Harry Kane, you know, continues that movement in the end and makes it a team goal. He doesn't force it. He finds the right pass. Um, and, you know, all Sun has to do is tap it in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just the fact that all of our players are moving and working together like Lucas, Sun, Kane, Indombele, those are the names. Those are the players that we've wanted for so long that for some reason, like one of them, uh, usually Lucas, is is like out of place or not playing well or something so like there's no real connection that like what do you guys think about like even just seeing that progression build up to a a, as i said a team ass goal um and kind of like where we're going or where we should be i mean i would personally say as i was kind of alluding to that's what we've wanted for the last year and a half um starting with starting with you nate or no starting with you matt um what what are your thoughts on you know just the fact of everyone getting in on that together and just kind of like, you know, as Spurs, what we're looking for type shit. 
think I'd zoom out a little bit and like not necessarily talk about you know players passing on to other players and and, and getting that team goal. It's mm-hmm. what what I've wanted to see for a long time that we haven't seen is players making runs into the box and into threatening areas, and that unlocks the ability to make those key passes and, yes. and get those goals right. It was so long under you know Nuno at the beginning of the year under Mourinho even late under Posh where we just had players not running into the box you know you yeah. you get the box out on the out on the you know the wing back and then he looked to make a cross and you got Kane slowly arriving at the top eighteen <laughs> yard box yeah and Son like on the left like yeah. doing an overlap but that's it you know like, so it was yeah. nice to see players in position to be able to get those passes and see those passes get made yeah. Nick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like when I started first watching Tottenham was the style of play that we had back then. That's why I fell in right. love with, with Tottenham. So it was good to see us kind of get back to that, the roots, not just counter that I feel like all we've done the last like year and a half is just yeah. counter. Even like you're right, no, even towards the end of Pochettino, like it was all just counter, 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 like. And even when we didn't counter and we had opportunities, it was like, ah, no, can't do anything because this isn't a counter. Like, it's almost <laughs> yeah. like the long, attitude. Like, gotta, like gotta when sprinkle you're in, a little long ball and in Salah <laughs> Yeah, it was, it's almost like when you're in, like, back in the day with practices, it's like, no, you have to have six passes before you can shoot. And you're like, oh, no, we haven't had our six passes yet. We can't shoot, even though, like, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's almost what it feels like sometimes watching these yeah. these guys. But, no, it was good to see, like, just the fluidity. And I think – big part of that and i think you touched on it in a text with me earlier noah was uh just like it's a it's good to see a bench right so which means yeah. we have a bench which means we have our starters out there and these are going to be the guys going forward and develop some sort of cohesion and in like togetherness is is good to see so yeah. it's yeah. exciting now you, you guys have heard me uh, yell on this podcast before about just what we're talking about like it, i mean if you guys ever played the 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 old game NFL Blitz. There was yeah. one, there was one play called Da Bomb, and if you didn't use Da Bomb like three out of four plays, you're not winning. But that's what we did as Spurs. We just like someone would there would be three players just running down the line, and someone just kick it as hard as they can, and then and that was our attack. This was beautiful, and I think I'm, I'm jumping back to because I have one more like point to add. But I think like with the Tonge like slowing it down. And then Lucas getting that good pass. But, like, all of these different abilities, when they actually are at their best and working together, it will be able to have runs into the box. And then another thing is not just the run into the box, it's the later run into the box. And then the person on the back post. It's like three runs, but at different times, not da bomb, you know, (laughs) down the middle, you know. Um, Yeah. It worked, I think. But go on. Yeah, and I was gonna say I think a big part of that too was our is Emerson and and uh Regulon getting up and getting forward enough and like them putting in decent or good service actually, right? I mean, because Aurier was always up, right? But yeah. his service nine times out of ten was god awful. Well again, uh, there was no there was no one in the box though. There might have been one person. Well, I mean, it helps when you get it over the first defender, but no one there, but but yeah, I mean, still got to get it past the first defender, even though there's only one yeah. person in the box. But yes. <laughs> but yeah, right. uh, so I thought it was big. And then I guess, I don't know. I thought team-wise it was a great performance because I don't want to let guys like Skip and Hoiberg go unsung. I, I was just about to jump around. I say we just talked about the goals. We talked about most of the game. 
Um, so yeah, let's jump around a little bit. You mentioned them. We had our two center defender midfielders with Tenge in front of them. We'll talk about the formation too. But what were your thoughts on Skip and Hoiberg throughout the match? Nick, I'm going to start with you. You're already uh, pushing the question. Yeah, I thought they were really, really solid. Uh, Skip making a lot of good tackles when he had to, cleaning up everything, which I like Skip back there because I think it lets Hoiberg be a little bit more free. And I think we've seen – I mean, he's not great at going forward, don't get me wrong, but he's yeah. a lot – he's surprisingly good at it still. right? Yeah. I mean, if you ever watch him for Denmark, and that, like, especially during the Euros – he was phenomenal at kind of like really making some things happen at go- when he went forward with the ball. So having Skip back there in this year and stuff, just him, I think allows him to get forward and do some things. And Skip's yeah. been he's shaky early in the season, I thought, but obviously I but he's just starting his first games in the prem and all that. And he's what how young is he? Like twenty, maybe. I I think he just turned twenty one. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. So, I mean, that's understandable, right? But he's settling in, and he's I think he's going to be a big part of. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. personally, turned, for me, yep. what, 21? 21 in September. Yep. Here we go. Um, yeah, personally, for me, I would say throughout the whole match, Skip is my man of the match. Uh, he's going to probably be that most matches because that's the, that's the person I'm always looking for. Not the center defensive mid, but the person just busting it up and, and adding the energy when everyone else is a little bit tired or down or their head's out of it, and Skip doesn't stop. So, yeah, those two are – I think it was a great game from Skip. And I think you're right about, Hoy, like, giving Hoybier more space. And I think we're kind of as – I mean, Denmark fans might be really used to it, but as Spurs fans, we were used to Hoiberg being kind of the last line before the defense, and that's just all he does. So I don't know if we're really – uh, fully aware of his forward mobility, um, but I want to move this question I mean, a little bit. We, a little bit. Oh no, go go for it, Matt. We we've seen it in like the the last few matches, you know, with his goal, Correct. and then Correct. you know he's made made some some late runs into the box and taken other shots that didn't go. Beautiful in, so. goal against Aston Villa. Yeah, so I mean, we've we've seen his his potential in those those runs. But, uh, but I, yeah, think yeah. I think a you're right. Part, we'll see yeah. more and more. Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, and that's a big part of uh, him playing with Skip back there. I mean, yeah, it's so, a big I mean, part. My, my favorite thing about Skip is just he's not scared to make those late, you know, those, those last minute challenges. Yep. And, you know, it, it's it's great to see him. There was definitely a, a couple of, of late runs um, that Newcastle made where you know, Skip was that defense. You know, yeah. He, he made that tackle. Um, yeah. It wasn't like a catching up for a mistake that he made, you know, no. type tackle. It was just literally, I'm going to put it all out there and, and, and get this ball. And he did. And, you know, I, yeah. I love to see it. Yeah. I, I like I, what you said, though, about those making up for mistakes. Sorry, tackles. Because, like, he does make mistakes still. But mm-hmm. that's the thing with him, though, is, like, he's back on it, like, instantly in re- trying to recover and make up for that mistake he made. Right? He doesn't just sit there and be like, ah, shoot. You know? And I think it's a He's great- always calm. Yeah, that's what I was about to get at is that it's a great thing like with Skip. Like we were getting this last year with Hoiberg. He's still on the field, still doing his thing. But now with this young player, Skip, he starts making those tackles. The other players around him get more confidence in him. You know, it's not like they're going to leave him out, but they're going to be like, okay, he might actually get this. You know, it it just adds confidence on the whole field that like the right thing is going to be done. 
when you're playing on a soccer field and you don't have the ball, but your teammate does, and you have confidence in them, it changes the whole perspective. And so when he makes these tackles and does these like really mature things, uh, I think it adds confidence for even players like like Kane way up top or Hugo in the back. Like, because when you're up top and someone's like like maybe just a different position, like a Serge Aurier going for it, and you're just like not as confident, you know. Um, it, it, even though you're not even in the play, it changes your whole energy and stuff. But if you're a forward and you just have confidence, like, okay, he's going to get the ball. Now you're thinking about how can I trick this defender? How can I like sneak behind him and stuff? You're not worried. Like, shoot, I got to keep running back. Cause I, they might need me in a second. Like, so I think having skip in there, I mean, you got the Jersey on right now. Like, I I hope he lasts longer than everyone on the field. Cause he needs to be captain at some point, you know? <laughs> you might have to fight Hoybier for it first. That's cool. what I'm saying. <laughs> so wait, wait. Let's do this. Okay. So who's if if Kane leaves, who's yeah. who's the next captain? Just go. Hoybier. 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 Okay. Hoybier or Skip. I think it would be a thing where like Hoybier would be the Larice and get it on the daily, and then Skip would be the next one who just like when it doesn't. I can hear an argument. I can hear an argument for Dyer that people will make, but. I, I think coaches will make. Coaches go, will I'll come out from left field maybe for you guys, but I think it's between Hoiberg and Sonny. I thought you say Sonny. I can see too. Sonny. Yep. Those are my guys. I like to see Sonny, but I mean, Hoiberg definitely, you know, right? Hoiberg would be a really good captain, though, too. He's just a Viking, so. That's yeah, true. It's hard. Like, Sonny's too nice. You know, you kind of yeah. want that guy to get stuck in with the ref and, you know, throw some and words. And... Stuck in with the ref. <laughs> 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 No, see, Sonny, the thing with Sonny is we need him to be excited and happy and scoring goals. And when he's not scoring goals, sometimes he's not that excited. But for a captain, it doesn't matter what the scoreline is. You need him yelling at your teammates. So Sonny, I mean, being happy doesn't consist of yelling. And then being sad doesn't consist of yelling. So I think you need – I mean, I agree with you. What's that? Yeah, he yelled at no, he got yelled at by Larice. That's what happened. No, I said Sonny makes me happy yell. Oh, yeah. That's true, too. <laughs> I, so I want to call out some development from uh, our, our captain that we did see this game. Um, Let's go. That I, that I, so, uh, Larice, great shot stopper. Best in the prim. Um, Hands easily, down. Easily. But his one weakness has always been... He's not good on his feet, and he's not good with developing plays. But there was definitely quite a few times this game where he unlocked the second level of the midfield just on his distribution pass alone. Not from like a, uh, yeah, just a quick throw right into the second level of the midfield and, and and develop some attacks just off of those passes. It was really great to see Hugo still developing even you know later into his career. Um, and I hope to see that continue because it, it was great. Well, with that being said, big ups to Hugo and uh, cheers for champion of Europe. Yeah. 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 Hugo's another champion. Champion. Yeah. And I Back think he'll not, not getting a trophy, but yeah, he also didn't <laughs> touch the field. So it's okay. It's not, it's not his yeah. fault. <laughs> hey, but he was but, on the roster. That's impressive. Damn right. So was Regulon. Neither of them touched the field. So we don't, we don't feel bad. No, not their fault. If they were out there, they probably would have won. And Hugo played great that game. Um, 
but but you're right about Hugo still developing. It's funny because like we're actually turning into one of the only teams uh, in the Prem that has an old keeper, and they're good. You know, I mean, like old keepers are a good thing. It's not like a field player who's going to get worse if they can at least not get old or whatever. Like you know, not <laughs> take on aging. Um, they yeah. can get smarter and smarter and smarter and really be a force in front of the net and Hugo's you want to look at somebody like France. Sorry, what's that? You want to look at somebody like Jean-Louis Buffon for that. You know, Correct. Yeah. Well into his forties at an elite level. And yeah. for me, uh, what was the, the man you, uh, keeper, not Vandersar, but, uh, oh, Vandes- was- you sure it's not Vandersar? He played too. He was pretty old. Is that who I'm thinking of? Is I think that- so. I think so. But yeah, the, the Dutch keeper, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Vandersar. Yeah, Vandersar. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Making sure. Um, Edwin yeah. old, old keepers, because <laughs> everyone's thinking like Hugh has only got one year left in his contract, something like that. But He's everyone's like, do we get rid of him? What's good with Gallini? I would 100% be with Hugo. I think that's, I'm going to ask you guys, 100% sticking with Hugo? Yeah, absolutely. If he continues to perform. If he doesn't continue to perform. Damn right. <laughs> I, I like you a lot. Yeah. I don't know. That's it's it's just tough. Cause I know if we keep them, we'll never get a return on them. So I think now is like the only time we could possibly get a return on him. But mm-hmm. we even have to make sure we buy a good goalie to replace him with. I don't know if Galini's the guy, but I mean uh, he's also just alone, so it's that's a good option, but yeah, I don't know. It's tough because I don't know how much longer Hugo will have a good value for us. But yeah, that's, maybe that's not a big deal though, right? Because maybe it's right. just we just get a young guy who can come up in three years and just ride Hugo out, and even if he struggles a little bit, just wait that extra year, and next year yeah. we bring in the, the young guy. But and we got the really young guy who I actually like, who grew up at Spurs. He's on loan right now. Um, I really like him. I've heard him in a few interviews. But, um, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it would be something where I would continue to give Hugo contracts, even just one-year con. I don't think it's something when you talk about value, you're not getting what you would say, like, Harry Kane or even, like, Deli Alley, like, you know, at any point, or Son, maybe, nowhere close to that. So I don't think it's something no. where, you know, you sell Hugo, you're using that money directly on another goalkeeper. So unless you find someone cheaper and better, I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yes, all right. Also so, a lot to say to have, you know, like the World Cup and correct. Mm-hmm. Europe, Europe champion keeper on your team. And he's still the captain of France. I mean, all of these things. And oh, yeah. I'm not saying we need to sell him for sure, but I would entertain the idea, I guess, is my thing, if there was a decent bid on him. Yeah. If there was the right deal, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I but mean, yeah. I, th- I think the last place, if he goes to retire for big bucks, it would be to, like, PSG, but I don't know if that's even in his, like, ability. Uh, I think his wife's not a fan of Paris, and he doesn't want to go to Paris. from, what, uh, Lyon? Nice? I think Nice. I think Nice is right. Nice sounds right. Um, I don't remember. We all computers in front of us, but nice we're not. sounds right. <laughs> um, but no, so look, one thing I want to talk about, um, kind of on that subject is so we have players like Hugo, players like Harry, Sonny, 
um, players that have been with us for a long time um, who are getting older. We got players like Delhi who have also been with us for a long time. Uh, and then we have these kind of new bunch, including even like Emerson Royale, um, even Tongi, Skip, Hoybier. You know, they weren't with us for the, la- the last five years. Um, so I think it's very nice for Spurs because I'm thinking of like old Spurs. Because I was watching these videos the other day where, you know, we got Adebayor and Gallus and just these random players who I hate. And they are the fucking, they are the maturity in the locker room. So whether it's Scarlet or Skip or even like Hoybier and Delhi, um, <clears throat> I think it's a huge positive for Hugo or for sorry for Daniel Levy and for Spurs to keep those players around. Um, they're more than just experienced; they're Spurs, and and that I think is is very important for us because we're not gonna get sold to a Saudi prince, which I don't want to, anyways. But we're not going to do all these things. We're still a classic team that builds, creates, and then finds glory. You know, and I think in this creation process, different from when we went to the Champions League final, we have a new team and new – it's the same players, but, like, those players are in different places now. We got new seniors on the team. It's kind of like a school team. Like, okay, your team might have been good. You were all sophomores. But now you got some seniors and you got some freshmen. Who's going to teach those freshmen how to play – and, and care about when you play the rivals and stuff like that. So, uh, we, there was around. definitely a moment that we talked about that, you know, Royal kind of like went down and, you know, it's not really, it kind of like, you're like that, that kind of is the thing that you don't see here at our club, you know, we're yeah. not players that just dive <laughs> like that. So I thought the know, same, like he's new, you know, we <laughs> talked about it. And we're like, it takes some time to get that culture instilled in them, you know, so hopefully I, I agree. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I want to see resilient. that you Tottenham know. spirit continue yes. and, and, and have our players buy into it. Most important years to come. Yep. And in new, in new squads, you know, um, but mm-hmm. actually to jump back to kind of the game a little bit, um, you mentioned him and I want to get your guys' opinion. He's been here. He's, he's our, our, our most recent signing, our newest player. But he's got a lot of time on the field so far. How do you think Emerson Morel did this game? And then just like I'm going to extend the question for both of you guys. How do you think he's doing? How do, how do you guys like him? Nick, I'm going to start with you guys, with you for this one on Emerson. I like him a lot. I mean, I'm not going to say he's been great or fantastic and, and everything yet. I mean, he's, he's finding his feet in the new league, the new team, new language, new country, right? Um, he's not in the prem. Like, yeah. You know, being in a new place like that, how do you think he's performed? I think he's doing well. Like I said, I mean, I I, I think is a slightly above average. He has moments here there, but then then he always like it. Usually, it seems like early. I mean, he that first game against Palace Zaha made him is yeah, made, he just oh, owned him. Yeah, but uh, but since then though, I feel like he's had moments here or there, but they're few and far between. And then yeah. like he once he again he set he settles back in and he looks good. He's not. Yeah. I, don't, I think a lot of people get upset because he's not like this blistering pace, like Correct. back that gets forward like crazy. And but it's like that's not him. Like why you can't get mad at someone for not being, yeah, like I think, what you think they are. Before I, throw, before I throw this to you, Matt, I just want to comment on that. I think you're exactly right because as Spurs fans, uh, at least like for the last ten plus years, our main backs have been you know Kyle Walker, Danny Rose. Kieran Trippier, 
You know, you got others that throw in there, Davies, blah, blah, blah. But those are, as you, you said exactly right, blistering down the side, blistering back. You know, they're burning up the sidelines. They're burning other defenders. Um, but I think Emerson, I think he probably has that ability. I like him just to give his full thing just because he's – I think his passing mind is there, and that will mm-hmm. be really good going forward. But I think with him, which you can give an obvious example uh, with um, – Aurier, but I think he is way more consistent and way more about his game. Like he's not here to just blister up and down the side. Like he wants to fit on this team. He wants to be there consistently. He seems like a consistent back. We've had players like that in the far past. Um, we're talking about like Essio Cartier, who was a good defender. You got Chorluca, who was a good defender. And we went to the Champions League with them. We beat a- AC Milan in Milan. We beat Inter, all these things. Because we had defenders who played defense, even like Alan Hutton, who is a random ass person, all he was was a good defender. And I think Emerson, he has some of those qualities. And so that might be new for us Spurs fans. And even like exciting Premier League soccer, that might be a little bit different. Um, But I'm I'm excited for him. I think he's done good. I kind of jumped in before you, Matt. But what are your thoughts on Emerson so far? Um, I'm not quite sold on him yet. You know, it'll, it'll take some time uh, to see uh, how how he continues to perform. Because, like, it's pretty worrying to me, you know, the first few minutes of the game yet yesterday. You know, but he did settle in and, and played pretty decently from there on out. But more on to that point of, you know, not or with a pacey back like that. We don't need it in yeah. our in our formation because the way we kind of play is with Reggie building up on the left hand side our right wing back will rotate and slot into a back three yeah. um, as we develop forward. Right. So if we just have both of our wing backs be those pacey attacking backs, then we kind of lose that defensive structure. Right. right? So um, and- I kind of have more hopes for Tanganga than, than Royal right now, but he can develop and, and fit in and, you know, that'll be yeah. good. We need at least two good players in every position. I just have to say that, but yeah. But also when we had like Davies on the left and Dyer, or not Dyer, um, Walker on the right, we had, I mean, Vertonghen and Alderweire on the middle. So that was just like very structured and sound. But also <laughs> both of those players, like I just remember so many times, everyone loves Kyle Walker, but he would mess up so many times, but he'd be four times faster than the other player yep. and just make up for it. So it's like he was not a good defender. He still isn't that <laughs> great of a defender. When we play Man City, I'm most excited for Kyle Walker because you can beat him with good soccer. Um, so I think it is when we don't have like maybe the best, you know, two center backs that grew up together playing next to each other. Um, you need more players who are going to play just structured defense. So, yeah, no, I'm excited for Ra. I think you're right. Maybe he hasn't shown – the bet or like been amazing so far, but but I, I'm personally personally excited from what I've seen so far. Yeah, I don't think he's been great. Like I definitely understand Matt's worries about him, but yeah. I well, he's born. I think he's only 22, so I mean yep. he's still really young, has a lot to learn. And I and think yep. a big thing with him is uh, he's not reckless like we had with Aurier, right? Like he's not going to cost us. Well, knock on wood, hopefully he doesn't. But like right, he's not gonna cost us with a, a game or whatever with these 
stupid fouls here or there, you know? So, I mean, it's good to see that. And that's perfect, like Matt was saying, because he's going to fill in on a back three when we attack mostly down that left wing, left side. So, yeah. I mean, and he's better defensively, so. Yeah, I think as, like, a FIFA manager mindset, we literally tried to just replace these players with the exact same player, but a little bit cheaper. <laughs> like, yeah. like, we got, we got 50. <laughs> for walker well let's buy one for 20 million and pretend he's kyle walker <laughs> all right well that didn't work um so yeah no it's it's in in finding a, a back a right back that is is that quality they're just going to be the best in the league and over 50 million all these different things so i, th- I think yeah having a structured player back there is going to be helpful so i mean uh speaking of the new signs then uh how do you think kuti romero is settling in both you guys um, I'll start. Uh, we talked about him with the first goal. Um, everyone's kind of giving him praise. I'm not going to give him just like pure hate or anything like that or like talk down. Um, he's played, he's played well. I think the best he played was in that first Europa League game that he came in. But I think, I think he's still got a lot to shake off and get used to. I think he's a really good player. Um, I think the Premier League is is not really suited for him, but if he can really structure himself and figure it out, he could be like a one-of-a-kind player in the Premier League. That's what I really think. A center back that can actually get forward or like, you know, stop the ball at the right time and make the pass at the right time. A very South American mindset, but I don't know, I don't know how their defense is, but a South American like quick pace person is good. But personally, I don't think I don't think he's really settled in yet. Um, I'm glad he's getting time in the Premier League. I'm glad Nuno is not because everyone was kind of like worried before, like okay, he's getting no time. But I'm glad he's he's played two games and we've won two games. So uh, I'll pass I'll pass the mic. But uh, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. I'm I'm a uh, I think he's in our top two uh, best center backs right now. Um, I don't really rate Dyer at all, and I think. <laughs> he's a liability a lot of time. Yeah. Um, he has good games, and then he has games where he's just completely shut off, and he has games where he scores for the opposing team. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just a quick quick dig at the, the thing we haven't talked about. Yeah, that, that was uh, a really bad angle. not even drinking. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but, you know, I, I think I'd, I'd like to see, you know, like a pairing of Romero and Sanchez, because I, I still believe in Sanchez a lot. Um, yeah. Or or even, right. you know, Rodon and, and bring in, you know, fresh young blood to learn, you know, could could work out. But I hope to see Sanchez and, and Romero pairing moving forward. I agree. Okay. I think that would be a good pairing. I think, I mean, when you look at uh, Sanchez, how well he plays when he's with Colombia, with Yuri Mina, I think similar style with Romero there. I think that could be a good, a really good partnership. Yeah. I think I think we kind of say that in the FIFA mindset, like this would work, but and not not to not to downcredit your guys' opinion, but I do not see any of those players um, outseating Dyer. Uh, I even think with the own goal, I mean he's been playing consistent, and a few people online have been saying it kind of jokingly that like oh he's made these last two teams because he speaks fluent Portuguese. That might be part of it. I don't really think that in a real sense, but I do think that he adds a calming nature 
and not that he's calm or all his his choices are right, but also just like uh, because when you look at your defense, you just want to make sure they know we're getting stuck in. Sometimes when you look at Joe Roden because he's still so new, he looks like he's got a question mark on his head. When you look at uh, Sanchez, it's like he's been. I haven't heard one word out of that guy's mouth all game. It's just it's some of those things, and I think. Dyer just being at Spurs for so long, kind of at that same level I was talking about before. Um, nothing to do with his play, but just these other like outside factors. I yeah. think we are going to keep him in the team. No, I can see that. He seems to be a little bit more of a leader, which is why I think he has that position at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, I totally agree. And they, they say that, I mean, I've heard from people, I couldn't really imagine it, but I've heard from people that he in the locker room is is like, you know, he's he's the one that speaks up and he's the one who kind of like tells people like, yo, you get the fuck, get in, you know, all these things. And if that's true, I, I've said this before, those are the p- type of people I want on the field. Um, now, if Dyer continues to score on our goal. <laughs> to an extent, to an extent, yeah. That's who I want to see, but. Exactly. So to an extent, but, but I just, I think those other players, unfortunately, I think Kuti might be a player to have that same, ability in the future of like really whipping everyone around him and making sure like hey because like I played defense my whole life but like when you're moving up the field sometimes you're walking up the field well someone's got to be like hey get up the field and I just don't see that from a Rodon or a Sanchez I could be completely wrong but but like I see that most likely (laughs) no just kidding (laughs) um all right, so to move past the game a little bit, we've talked about mostly everything, almost all the players. Not um, much to talk about in the second half. Yeah, this. I mean, it was to close the game up, but we'll, we'll give some ending statements actually before we move on to some side notes. But yeah, it was it was pretty boring. Uh, we had great possession if you looked at stats. Um, yeah, it just kind of felt like they were trying to see the game out. Yeah, not really. Don't don't give them anything off a counter. And but. I actually, I, I, now I've thought of a new question for you guys because, so like the one thing that I noticed, we yeah, it was pretty slow, pretty boring, kind of the same for most of the game except for maybe fifteen to forty-five minutes, even though there was like a big gap in the middle. Um, second half was, was slow. We had possession, which is great to see. Um, we don't really get to do that, so I would like to ask about that. But also, I mean, after uh, Dyer scored that own goal. I mean, I know Newcastle were a man down, but they – if I was a Newcastle fan, and I said, I said this to the, to the Spurs fans with me, I was like, man, if I was a Newcastle fan, I would be flipping tables right now. Nobody was checking to the ball. Nobody was pressuring. So, I mean, we saw that game out pretty easily. So, so the second oh. half was pretty, pretty dumb, pretty slow. Um, they weren't pressuring at all the entire game, though. That's the thing. Like, we had all the time we wanted on the ball. Yeah. So that's thought. actually my next question, and, and – this to you, Matt. Um, what are your thoughts on just kind of like the whole game? Even though we scored three goals, more than we've scored all season, um, not really got too many shots on goal, other than Eric Dyer. Um, but like, what are your thoughts on this match? What we can take from this match? Is it anything even good to take, or like, is it when we compare, when we zoom out, is it just like, damn, like? We did okay against a shit team, you know. What are your thoughts I'd, on that? I'd give it like a six overall. Um, okay, out of out of ten, you know, like slightly above average in the sense that 
we we hit a lot of metrics that we need to hit, and and we need to do it against good teams, right? Talked about possession. You know, our passing looked a lot better this game than it has in the past. Yep. Um, you know, we got good minutes out of Indombele. You know, all all these things I think are are slight positives that yes. if we can build on them, you know, it's it's a it's a promising start. If it is in fact a start, right? Like it's a good stepping off point, especially after the international break where we we struggle historically. Um, so yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited if we can continue to play like this, but a little bit better each game. Yeah. <clears throat> Nick, what yeah. Are you- the whole yeah, I would, I would echo a lot of what Matt just said, right? It, it, it's good to see that the international break didn't kill any momentum and that we actually, I thought we built off of it. Yeah, it wasn't a great game. I think we looked really good for about a half hour. And other than that, we looked slightly above average. Mm-hmm. So like a six. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to see that it looks like we're starting to find a bit of an identity finally. I don't know how you, if you guys feel that same way. And it's not just counter. Like, we're starting to kind of get back to trying to make things happen, break defenders down, and have some sort of, like, final third that's not just yeah. stagnant <laughs> enough. And pretty much no final third. So I'm excited for the future, and hopefully, like, I mean, like I said, pretty much echoing everything Matt said. It's just hopefully we continue to build on it, yeah. get some other guys in, and everyone gets part of this thing. And, We'll see. I mean, I'm I'm excited again after those three losses in a row. I'm starting to see a little bit more of an improvement, and so that yeah. probably something bad will happen then. To, to be sitting yeah. in fifth place with like the heartbreak we've experienced so far this season already with those three losses in a row, especially three London games in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it feels weird. Like this is a weird season already. Well, oh yeah. Be weird. I think we have the. I think we have an opportunity. I mean, it's early in the season, but I think we have a huge opportunity to do well this season. But speaking about heartbreaking, speaking about everything that's been happening, so I agree with you guys. I think I think it was a good game. I think we did build on momentum. Um, my only down downfall or like thought is like it was slow through many of the many parts of the game. Now, even in the second half when it was slow, we still saw Indombele chopping it up. We saw passing. I, I, I really agree with you, Nick. The passing that we never have seen before. One, two, three, again, again. You know, not just like one, lose the ball. One, pass all the way back to the goalkeeper, you know. Um, so I agree. Like, I, I think we built on it. Um, to kind of segue a few things you guys said, we've had all these London games. Well, next week we have another London derby against, I think, one of the harder teams for us in London. We get up for the other ones, and for some reason, we usually like to sit down for this one. Um, West Ham, yeah, I hate them so much. Um, And I really think West Ham, from what I've seen, especially David Moyes being there a year now, if we're talking about getting the engine running, he's got their engine running. You know, last season he got their engine running, and it's the same team, and now they're really hooked on him. what are you guys? I'm gonna start with you, Matt. What are your guys, you know, thoughts about this weekend coming up? Especially looking at, as we just said, kind of what we've been building. You know, what we just created this momentum going into it. What are your thoughts? What are your worries? Yeah, go for it. My worries are if Thursday doesn't go well and we have to play starters, um, that'll really affect us coming into West Ham. If we can, 
just breeze through Thursday and then, you know, have everyone healthy and ready and, and fit come Sunday. Um, you know, I, I think we have a team that can beat West Ham. Um, yep. We can oh. go three nil and not give up three goals in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't do that ever. Yeah. Oh. That's, that is not. <laughs> nah, but I, I, I think this is definitely a game we win. Damn right. There we go. Start this off right. It's only Monday. We think about Sunday. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm a little less I'm, – I'm a little bit more worried about it because West Ham have looked pretty good this year. But, yeah. I mean, they're definitely beatable, right? I mean, I, I, I will, I, the way we've been playing I lately. Continue your statement. Uh, usually when West Ham do whatever the hell they like to do to us, um, tie us. You know, <laughs> um, it's usually when they're doing shit and they're like, this is the one game where we can go in a very Spurs manner. Um, yeah. But now they're doing good. So I think it, it, we go to their home. It's, it's an away match. We go to their home and we play well. You know, Harry Kane is now firing. Son and Harry are firing together, which we haven't seen all season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it could be it could be exciting for us. In, in talking about the momentum build, if we really want to discuss about this game, if we're able to get anything out of this game, then yeah, that momentum will be in full swing. Um, so I'm excited for this weekend. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we can continue to stay healthy too, right? I mean, yeah. I think I said it before, but having a bench is going to be huge for us, right? Uh, guys like Stevie B, who if he starts or doesn't, who knows? Mm-hmm. But like having him come off the bench is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Heal. Will be. I mean, he's looked phenomenal coming off the bench so far. And then, I mean, Gio hasn't looked good for us, but he continues to look good for Argentina. So there's there's that possibility of like him even being able to come in and, and do some things. So I mean, yeah. finally we're kind of like getting all back together, and yeah. like this is kind of the start of it too, right? Think if you think about it, we haven't had our full squad at all really this entire season until now. Yeah. And, and I think, Matt, you're exactly right where, like, we have our full squad, but, like, we have to think how strong are we. And if we can get through Thursday without pulling out the big guns, it will really, I think, make a difference for Sunday. So, like, we're not even going to do, like, a pre-match for that one, but, like, this is kind of it. But if, if they can succeed on Thursday – um, which is another one where, like, yeah, when we think, oh, we're the big dog and they're the underdog, it's always a bit hard. Um, and let me just check. I have it right in front of me. Yes, we do have to go away to this one, so it is going to be a bit of a distance. Um, we don't come back and play till Sunday. But Viteze, they're in, what, the Netherlands? So it's not too bad. Yeah, we actually got really lucky with our pot. Like, none of the matches are really that far. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's like the only bad thing about this conference league is you can travel like crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's not too many really difficult opponents, but. Apparently we have one of the hardest with Renee's, but, um, but you're right. And we talked about in the beginning of the uh, beginning of the season, all of us um, just about if this competition, how do we feel about it? Well, if the younger guys or even just the B squad, like the Ben Davies who's going to start and whoever else is going to start, can actually, you know, play good. Because the the problem with all of that when we put out our B team is you're going to play their A team, number one. 
and they might be the best team in Scandinavia or wherever the hell you're going. Um, and so they're like winning every game and know how to play together and score all the time. So that's the one threat. I don't know anything about this team, but uh, hopefully if our younger guys are our B team or not Harry Kane and son, you know, can take care of it. Yeah. I think Sunday will be uh, a lot easier for us, a lot better for us. Um, yeah, so all right, so that's Sunday. The last thing I have on my list that I really want to talk about, Nick, I'm going to open the conversation with you. Everyone pull up your standings, put it in front of you, and let's discuss <laughs> our goal differential. There's no there's nothing there. There's yeah. no weird trend, nothing odd or anything. <laughs> there's Just nothing this is a negative 3 goal differential. That's not it, there's it, nothing weird about that. It, Place. The, only, the the next team who has a negative goal differential is in eleventh place. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, you know what I'll say about our goal differential? At least it's not minus five. You talking about Arsenal? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Blew the speakers out. Sorry for everyone listening. No, it's <laughs> five. That's a interesting. Note. Minus five goal differential. Yeah. Playing. Five minutes of stoppage time when there's only supposed to be four. So it should be minus six. So it should be minus six. And they should be three points lower. Hmm. Yeah. Below Palace. uh, Them aside, um, I think most of our goals against came from fucking Arsenal and Chelsea. But I think the big one was Palace three nothing, right? Oh yes, no, you're right. Well, I guess they all were. Th- I guess three nil, three nil, three one. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal yeah. yeah. uh, was the least of our worries in that aspect. In that tiny least of our worries aspect. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then there's the other side of it that our talisman and our goal scores aren't doing anything. Um, what just like while we're on this stupid subject, it's not our favorite subject. Um, but what are your thoughts on just like our lack of goals and where we could find more goals? Is there like what is missing in y'all's mind? Uh, start with Matt. Your mouth open first. There we go. <laughs> An attacking-minded manager. So you blame Nuno, or or you blame what is that? Is that Nuno? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, it's fair. I think it's a fair assessment. I mean, he's not very attacking-minded. If you start three defensive midfielders, you're kind of in a situation where you're not really focused on attacking. And for a while there, you know, it looked like tactically yeah. our focus was on long balls and in Salah. And it felt a lot like Mourinho ball that a lot of people really hated, right. except yeah. for we performed it worse. So, um, yeah, but at least he doesn't talk shit about the players. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I think- I, mad respect to him in, in the, in the interview room. Yeah. Do you uh, think, he's, he's well spoken. Uh, do you think it's as much of us not having a packing style manager or like in my opinion it's that we're getting more used to our manager's style of attack? I I, I well, think that's kind of been the knock on, you know, coming in is, right. you know, I mean a lot of cuz a lot of people have already been calling for Nuno's job, especially after those three three losses and um, I saw, I read on the line, it's like, these people aren't just because of these results. It's because they never wanted him to begin with. They've always been calling for his job because, but it's because Levy said, Hey, we're going to get back to our DNA of attacking style football. And 
then you go out and hire Nuno, who's not an attacking style football coach or manager, right? So it's it's so there's that. I think Matt is on to something with him. We'll see if he can adapt and change things up. Um, kind of looks like it, but again, it is Newcastle, so I don't want to get too too carried away. But Villa looked a little bit better. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Like hopefully, with guys coming back, I I think a lot of it's just going to be on the players getting into form. And mm-hmm. as long as Nuno continues to do what he's doing, it seems like tactically and starting eleven wise, it's definitely on the players. Guys mm-hmm. like Steve, you need to start putting them in the net. Tangy continue to do what he does. If Geo gets some minutes, Geo needs to show up finally. Somewhere, somewhere. Kane yeah. needs to start I, picking it up like he, he, he's he got one, but, I mean, Kane hasn't done anything. It's October. it's October. They say he doesn't score in August. Yeah. It's October. Yeah. So, I, so yeah. I, I think, looked at the starting 11 yesterday, though, and I was like, that would be my starting 11. So I was, yeah, happy, I would, I was finally happy with it. I would yeah. just change. I'd put Stevie for more. I'm not a big Lucas Moore fan, but. Yeah, yeah. No. Lucas Moore can continue to prove me wrong if he wants. That's I'm not going to be upset, but I like Stevie I, B more than Lucas Moore. I I do as well, but I think that we're kind of overloaded on the left hand side. Sun's better on the left. Like if we if we play Stevie B, Sun has to switch to the right. I don't know. Yeah. At least at least Lucas plays on the right well. No, I, I mean as, I as well as he can. Yeah. I, Maybe this could be our one of our best 11s. And kind of what we discussed about earlier in this episode is just when those players, including Lucas specifically, he's the one we were trying to move around, um, when they're actually playing together, I think we've almost never seen Lucas and Kane play well together. You know, and 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 like and then all those moving pieces, if if they play well together, then I agree with Matt, this is our best starting eleven. Even with Bergwijn hitting the back of the net, he can come off the bench and do that. We need someone off the bench to do that, you know. But but um, but I, I mean, I agree. I agree with you, uh, Nick. That's especially good. after what we've seen. I mean, Bergwijn deserves it. But yeah, I think Stevie B's looked good this year so far. He's right there with finishing. I think I think he's got one in like the Europa Conference League or something. So I mean, he's he's put one in. So we'll see. I just I just think Mora. Uh, just, he's too inconsistent for me. That's my that's my only knock on him. He's either I, really good or he's really bad, and yeah. you know within the first five minutes either or, and it never gets better, or it never gets worse either usually. But typically, if you, if his first five minutes are bad, it's not going to be good. I think he's more effective off the bench, and he does look good off the bench most of the time because he's comes in and he's a direct guy. Yep. He goes at players and and does that, but. Well, and you've always said that here, that he's best off the bench. And yes. it makes sense that in the first five minutes, if like if it means something to the, your whole performance, well, the first five minutes of any game is a little bit sporadic. The yeah. first 15 minutes are a little bit sporadic. And like with Lucas, he's a player that will just dissolve after that, just like you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yep. Yeah. Which is why I think he's just better off the bench because yeah. he's just not consistent enough. Yeah. And, and he can wanna- match that already has like a full narrative going like all right we're down one nil we need a goal right now it's a corner he comes in scores a corner we're tied with man city you know he can do those things he has yep. that exactly that that's a thing oh man i think i saw he's like in the top 10 i think of Ariel's one this year believe it or not 
He uh, is the uh, tallest five foot six guy ever. I say that every he's time. Got bunnies. Uh, yeah, he had the crossbar. I don't know if you guys crossbar remember that. And he was on yeah. the near post. Yeah. He was making a near post run, jumped over everyone. Yeah. Won the header. Yeah. yeah. It was impressive. No, I mean, he looked pretty solid, though. So it's. I can't be too upset. Like I said, I'll have no problem with him proving me wrong. Like anyone I call out, go ahead, prove me wrong. I don't care. Right? I'll, I'll still say I'm not a huge fan, but. Well. Next game, we might need someone to talk shit over text messages if we need a goal or two. That's that's um, your job. Really. That's my job so, at the moment. I do want to bring up something potentially. Um, yeah. We don't have to talk about it, but I don't know if you guys saw the latest reports. Our boy, Tangang Gang, has been arrested. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I, I have something to say. Go on. You're gambling. Actually, I have to say about that. That was actually my last point. I wasn't even going to bring it up. Go for it. Yeah, I don't. I didn't read the article, but I just saw he's been arrested for gambling. So, uh, I saw that earlier today, also, and then more, more recently, that article has been retracted and <laughs> oh. hasn't been reposted, and it hasn't okay. been by anyone else. That was actually it circled on my thing. That was actually one of my notes about a side note conversation. Is just the media. We we talk about it a lot on this on this show of just how the media loves to make Tottenham their their you know their pride and joy of like how they're gonna sell papers. But you know, we had a COVID test of two players and then it came back of nothing. And then we have Tang Gang Gang who is one of our younger players. So maybe you might assume something. But also I would say one of our like I don't know, he he just seems like just such a upright, you know, upstanding person. Mm-hmm. Like what it's a random ass BS, and now he's gambling. Like, what a random ass thing to say! And then it came back as nothing. So, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. My my conversation is more about media BS. I don't even care to get into it. But, oh, well, uh, it, it does look like the the people that broke the story have apologized. Oh, uh, to, to, to Tottenham and to to Jaffet. So, well, I hope it's just for defamation because that's just ridiculous to come out with a report like that and. So, so that's, that's good news. Well, I'm glad I broke it before the, the internet did. So there Thank we you. go. For all our listeners, I was one second earlier. Well, to get to your point, though, about just this whole anti-Tottenham media thing, I mean, we talked about how we're in fifth place, and it obviously hasn't looked good, right? I mean, three losses, but yeah. let's, just, let, let's call it for what it is. Sky's falling down is what everyone said for Tottenham, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things are terrible. Tottenham are, are awful. West Ham firing all on cylinders, right? But they're below us on the, the table. Arsenal, yeah. oh, they're back. They found their groove again. Below us on the table. Like, never got above us, I don't believe. I could be wrong. They might have had, like, a point on us they, at one point. I think but, they, they came came even with us. It was one yeah. point they beat us or but something. But it's just, like, how, where are these narratives coming from? I mean, yeah. I showed you even after, after the game against our, uh, Newcastle. It was like on the Premier League website for at least here in America. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, Tottenham hold off late Newcastle rally. I was like, what rally did they have? They had <laughs> one shot and one goal. The other goal was an own goal. Other than that, they never looked like they were going to score. What rally? You didn't even have any attackers nearby. They weren't even rallying then. What rally? Like, yeah, no. Uh, Are you watching the game or no? Because I watched it. There was no rally. 
you know, we might be part of the problem just to say that I think Spurs, this is kind of my analysis of that. I think Spurs has a very fervent fan base and we have a fan base that cares more than I would say most others, even the top teams, all my, all my friends who are man, you, all these things, they would never do what we're doing. They would never sit down and talk about Spurs or, or man, you for this long, you know, they don't really care that much. You know, and so I think lots of times when people put like one bad word about Harry Kane, the whatever many Spurs fans are all going to retweet it, all mm-hmm. going to re-retweet it, all going to do this. So, so maybe you know us Spurs fans, we just love them too much, and they know that that that's the case. Maybe it gets clicks. It gets clicks yeah. by us. <laughs> um, but no, like, <laughs> so, look, I think I think we've circled almost every base. Um, I, I have just one thing that I okay. want to bring up. Go for yes. it. Uh, what were the results of the last Delhi double? The double Delhi double that we did. That's so long ago, and it's the 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 handwritten thing's not right in front of me right now. Uh, it was two wins for me. Anyways. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, that was the one you were trying to pawn off on me. It's like, no, that was yours with Matt. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the Norwich uh, Arsenal we... game, right? Yeah. I think I won that one. No, no you definitely lost. You took Arsenal. No, you definitely lost it, but no, I took I yeah. took Norwich. He took oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Get it right. Well, I mean, if you're bringing up the Daily Double, though, do we need to bring a Daily Double in for this weekend? Actually, you're exactly right. All right, so who's does anyone? I don't have one. I don't have one ready. So Nick, you usually have a good one, um, but yeah. Matt's that's new to the or not new. He's been been here in a while. Who's got one? Who's got one? That's West Ham. Let's do... All right, I, I think I got one. Are we going to see... This is mine. Are we going to see Skip and Hoybier get the start again? You guys can yeah. go in any direction. That, that's a yeses. terrible... That's a terrible... That's an obvious yes. Oh, well... It's, that's three yeses, I think. That is three yeses. All right. There's no way you would take a no. That's true. All right, well... <laughs> Do we score first? Do we score first? Mm. No. I'm going to go with no. Oh, I will go yes. All because right. I'm predicting a shutout. Ooh, there we go. Are we going to go predictions? I won't give mine, but I'll let you guys give predictions. Mine. I do predictions. I go 2-0. 2-0. There we go. Dos is zero. Nope. I don't prediction. That's Not fine. Even. I just do it because it's fun. There you go. And it, uh, it's even better when you're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm expected to be wrong, so if I get it right, then I can then I can celebrate. Damn right. Oh, there you go. Get it wrong, man. Celebrations, not for rubbing your face in. Uh, yeah, right. It's a PVB and Harry Kane score, also, by the way. There we go. We could oh, even ask Chris Steve. Ball. My crystal ball just told me. There we go. There we are. <laughs> All right, perfect. So, yeah, so we actually did get a Delhi double. Uh, Nick thinks we're going to score first against West Ham. I applaud and appreciate and want that to happen. But me and Matt think we're not going to score first. It's not part of the Delhi double, but we're still going to win. That's pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> so 3-1, we'll go there. I don't know. Something like that. Um, but we we went over the last game. We got momentum building. Us three are back in the building. We're going to hope to see Matt again. We know we're all busy, but it was amazing. Having you, Matt. It was uh, great having the team here. Uh, I'll say thank you again, everyone. Come find Long Beach Spurs. 
at the R Bar. We won't be there next weekend because they're doing the Fan Fest, NBC Sports Fan Fest. Yeah, you going? I, I will be there. I got an RSVP telling everyone. Nice. You, you show up as soon as it opens. Right? Damn right. And nice. uh, and I'll be passing out these bad boys, our programs, to all the Spurs fans at the, at the uh, Fan Fest. So definitely come out. Love um, it. Those things are sweet. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. And if you haven't got yours, definitely support the support the podcast. Find yours at uh, theyankeekids.com. I got process videos. It was like a four-week process. So I got tons of videos coming out of how it was made. Um, you guys get to see the whole artistic process. Um, Send in your Delhi Double suggestions, please. Yes, yes. And we need to get on that. So let us know who's going to score first. I think it should be one-sided. Um, <laughs> even though we went one way, yeah. uh, but for me, that's last for me. I really appreciate you guys. I'm gonna give my own. Come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs! Tip top Tottenham Hotspurs, the greatest team of the year. Tip top Tottenham Hotspurs, raise your glasses and give them a cheer.